0: No one's going to tell me how I'm going to boogie Come on, everybody boogie bop it tonight. No one's going to tell me how I'm going to boogie Come on, everybody boogie bop it tonight. No one's
1: going to tell me how to boogie Come on, everybody boogie bop it tonight.
2: Score!
3: There he goes. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Oh, it's going to be a good show. False start straight off the bat, huh? Well, it's Wednesday night. Thank you for joining us, whatever. Show's ruined now. Sorry. Thanks for coming. I, bet I may as well just end it now. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. See you on Friday. <laughs> Wednesday night here on the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand, no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast here on New life Nice little hiccup to start the show. Thank you for joining us ladies and gentlemen boys and girls <laughs> people are asking for refunds oh my god i haven't even started yet come on now <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again it is wednesday night here on the daily books uh thank you for joining us at this later time i know it's just fucking life man life is uh life is life <laughs> it's a uh, I'm doing my best to like stay stay in the groove, stay at a normal time, but at the moment things are a little bit chaotic, so I'm just doing my best here to get on when I can. But I appreciate your patience. Thank you so much for joining us at this later than usual time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And, of course... If you would like to complain about my inconsistency at start times, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Jim N word in the chat. This better be good. Dish better. I just imagine that in an old guy voice. This better be good. I'm missing Tucker for this. I'm missing the- I'm missing my stories for this shit. Better be good. Better be worth it, young man. So, I can't make that kind of a promise, I'm afraid. But we'll do our best to do something for you. How about that? Uh, we've got a lot of things to cover. I'm definitely tonight going to get to this trend that I've been noticing. Holy cow. And my pop-ups aren't showing up on my end. So when people donate a diamond, I have to go back and look. Uh, UK Neil, thank you for the diamond. Love the old school intro. Thank you so much. Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen with the diamond. Haro, uh, need a refund. Honourable Mr. Bumperson, there will be no refunds. There will be no refunds. We don't hand out refunds here on this show. I am though considering so I don't know if I should say it or not. Uh, I don't know, maybe I'll save that for another time. I'll, I am considering some changes. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll see, you, see you in again. hell. So on my end, like my events log that shows the diamonds and whoever just followed and stuff like that isn't updating yet. Sometimes it it starts to work like 15, 20 minutes in, so we'll just see how we go. I just keep refreshing it. Uh, lots of stuff to get to tonight. Tonight, I definitely want to touch on the programming that I've been slowly paying attention to, just slowly writing down, marking down things, putting things in the archive, and we're going to present uh, those to you tonight in regards to the upcoming presidential election in the United States. Um, As you know, I'm an avid watcher of campaigns, an avid political junkie, and also you know, an amateur media critic, (laughs) which people in the media love, being told how to do their job by nobody on the internet but hey it's a free world right <laughs> well yeah sort of in theory anyway so we will get to that plus i also want to investigate if we get enough time tonight a very interesting article i came across uh a few days ago the rise of the technosexuals. it was printed in zero hedge which is a great website for like economic news, finance news and stuff, but they do branch out into other areas. And I thought, well, what the fuck is a technosexual? So then I've started looking into technosexuality and it's exactly up our alley here on this show. So we're going going to investigate the world of the technosexual, the mind of the technosexual, ladies and gentlemen, if we get enough time amongst the other things that we're doing here. But Before we get to any of that, if you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, a techno what's it? Frozen Asian in the chat. Don't worry, you're going to love it, my man. You are absolutely going to love the techno sexual world. I was looking around for this techno sexual stuff and I found a video which I didn't watch because, you know, I like to give you genuine reaction here on this show. So I found a TED talk and I assume the TED talk is, you know, the promotion of techno sexuality. So I'm like, okay, that's going to the show. I didn't watch a second of it. So we're going to learn about technosexuality together. The only way that uh, millennials learn about stuff, and that's by TED Talks. So thank you so much. Digitize me, daddy. I can't wait. So I'm looking forward to that. But before we get to any of that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we need to cover off some bases. We need to do a little bit of catch up. So it's time on the show to cover our bases. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. This first item was sent through by Fascist Hippie, fellow Aussie bro. It's another week in Victoria. That means there's another protest against coronavirus lockdowns, stage four coronavirus lockdowns in Melbourne. Yes, exactly like the cancer. And we've got ourselves another dangerous conspiracy theorist being lambasted by the local press. So let's have a little look-see. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie.
4: Conspiracy theorist Tony Picora was arrested last good, night. Good, good,
3: good. <laughs> I'm glad people are getting arrested for being conspiracy theorists now. Now, what was this guy's crime, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. Good question. Obviously, uh, this man is a dangerous person. Anybody who thinks the wrong thing about something probably should be arrested. Instantly. Uh, in fact, if we could just start some kind of government website where, you know, everybody has their own page on the website. This, this is what I view for the future. This is how I think we're going to progress as a society. I think everybody should have their own personal website logged with the, in a government archive somewhere. And you should be required to use it like a diary. So every single citizen should have to log on to their government page every, you know, once a week, once a day even. Fuck it, once an hour. We'll do it once per hour. You should log on to your government page and just tell the government what you're thinking. (laughs) Tell them what you think about policies and about life in general. Tell them your world views. And then that way we can nip these conspiracy theorists in the bud because I don't know about you, but I find it terribly inconveniencing that we have to wait for these dangerous, dangerous, dangerous thought criminals to post things on Facebook before we arrest them. You know what I mean? Because once it's on Facebook, it's already out there. The damage is done. So we need to get them before they post things to Facebook. So how about they post things in private to the government? We'll make it mandatory reporting to the government once an hour. Tell us what you think. Tell us your opinions. Tell us your views. And then that way we can come around and scoop you up because we're keeping people safe. So another another conspiracy theorist locked up. Thank God. Thank you, thank you for keeping me safe, Mister Gaffabet.
4: Conspiracy theorist Tony oh. Pecora was yep. arrested last night uh-huh. for allegedly planning and.
3: He's a he's a Chad looking conspiracy theorist. Look at that. <laughs> he, lo- he looks like he's out of an early 1990s skateboarding video, doesn't he? <laughs> he's got the mustard leather jacket with the double zipper. Uh, he's got the you know snowboarding sunglasses I mean look at that fucking hair it's immaculate he's a 1990s skate park Chad this guy so I'm already a fan I haven't even heard him speak yet last night for allegedly planning an anti-lockdown protest in uh-huh. Melbourne uh-huh. police are sickened by the prospect that he was he was arrested for planning a protest ladies and gentlemen oh yeah yep Because protests are now illegal in this country. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. At least in the state of Victoria. Protests are illegal. Uh, Excuse me, Mr. Government, what do you have to say about people's right to protest? Well, I think everybody has a right to protest as long as that protest is approved by the authorities. Okay, good. Uh, Can I please get approval to protest the lockdown laws? No, I'm sorry. That would be illegal. (laughs) 2020, ladies and gentlemen, is off its tits. Last weekend's anti-lockdown demonstrators uh-huh.
4: are planning more. Oh well. Really?
3: I I would have thought the anti-lockdown demonstrators would have had enough bad medicine, don't you? <laughs> Kitty Beaner chat, he looks like Val Kilmer. <laughs> well, hopefully the Saint will save us. can Val save us! Sa- Val, please! Haven't you know if you're an anti-lockdown protester, haven't you had enough beatings by now? You know, you've got this wacky, ridiculous idea that you have some kind of freedom to protest. I mean, you're essentially a genocidal maniac. You're lucky that we even let you walk around at all. But I thought a a few good baton strikes to the face would learn these, you know, peasants some respect, don't you think? I thought uh, being tackled to the ground, dragged out by the legs, uh, hit with a baton, pepper sprayed, bowled over by a right police shield would have been enough learnings for people to realise that they no longer have freedom. But unfortunately, seems this freedom drug is a little addictive. When will they ever learn? Marcus Flembrain in the chat. It seems like never. These dangerous criminals.
4: Lockdown demonstrators are planning more. Planning more. To be honest, I feel a
5: bit like a dog returning to eat his own vomit.
3: That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. The assistant commissioner Luke Cornelius refers to the protesters as vomit. Oh yeah. You know, we respect everybody's views here in the West. <laughs> <sighs> Here in the Free West, we believe everyone has a right to protest. Unless you're protesting against the lockdown laws, then you're just basically vomit being eaten by a dog.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, we love it, don't we? I
5: mean, it's just none of us would want to do that. And
3: uh-huh. uh, no, no, know, no, we I'm wouldn't. sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick. It's terribly inconvenient to have to go out there and beat protesters once a week. You know, I, I planned on going on a fishing trip. But unfortunately, these idiotic protesters are out there thinking they have some kind of freedom. You know, I had to cancel my appointment at the gym. My wife cooks a lovely lamb roast, and I'm going to have to forego that pleasure just to baton strike little old ladies at growers' markets. Nobody wants to have to do that. Why can't you just do... What you're told. Why can't you just follow the rules? Police have since received some backup. A good point in the chat from Major Tom. And follow Major Tom, who's running for president, by the way. Major Tom 2020, ladies and gentlemen. See, this is the kind of leadership that the West needs right now in these dark and dangerous times. Major Tom, hear, hear him out. I have an idea. Let's put all these conspiracy theorists together like in some kind of concentrated area like a camp it makes sense to me and then maybe while they're in this concentrated area which may be some kind of camp tom uh if i may suggest this maybe we could then educate them to you know go along with the reality of the world maybe then we could educate them to become functioning members of society who don't question authority maybe we could call it some kind, maybe a re-education camp perhaps because everybody's in favor of education are they not you know, this is a perfect opportunity now that we've got all these people here in the one place uh, we could educate them make sure that they don't go around breaking the rules like they are used to
4: ADF troops arrived in Melbourne from oh. Queensland this morning <laughs> oh look at this
3: I nearly missed that, hang on a minute I do that and
6: uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sick of it I'm sick of it
4: Police have since received some backup. Really? ADF troops arrived in Melbourne from Queensland this morning as news of lower case numbers sparks more optimism.
3: <laughs> yes. The military, more military flying in from another state now. So the Australian Defence Force is now on the ground More, Because they already have the military patrolling Melbourne. We had to bring more people in. But don't worry, there's less case numbers of coronavirus. You should be happy. Yep. You should be happy. Look at the troops rolling in. Socially distancing on the tarmac, which is good. Which is very important. As as you know, in some kind of war situation, what we most uh, respect is our troops listening to health guidelines so when the troops land in a city to police their own citizens with their army camos on and their military orders and their military powers uh we definitely don't want them standing too close together and not wearing face masks that's the important stuff
6: here. i think that people are doing an amazing job and i'm very grateful they- each.
3: congratulations victoria you're doing an amazing job to them for for staying the course. Stay Daniel Andrews once Staying the course, aka following the ridiculous draconian rules under threat of being thrown in prison.
4: Again, defended Melbourne's eight o'clock curfew and addressed
3: Exactly, Major Tom. I love the wording. We bought in we brought in the troops because of the optimism. <laughs> because everybody knows when the troops hit the streets, it means good times ahead. <laughs> You know what nobody ever said ever? Oh, thank God the military arrived. (laughs) That must mean everything's going well. (laughs) Thank God the troops are here. That must mean that everything is going super. (laughs) We're so optimistic now. Thank you, Mr. Government. Suggestions, it's a breach of human rights. Listen, Listen to this. He scoffed. The, the Premier of Victoria, when asked about human rights, like, is this a breach of human rights, basically putting the whole state under house arrest and arresting people who have committed no crime? Don't you think that that's kind of some kind of human rights violation? Have a listen to his response.
4: Defended Melbourne's eight o'clock curfew and addressed suggestions it's a breach of human rights.
6: This is not about human rights. Oh. It's about human life. <laughs>
2: Yeah.
3: It's not about human rights. It's about human life. <laughs> well, okay. Now, let's follow that let's follow that train of thought to its logical conclusion. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond. I got to reload my diamond feed. Silly D Live, come on, get with the program. Iceman double four, double three with a diamond. Just obey the rules. I mean, the law. I mean, neither. It's not. It's guidelines, Rusty. We're following off. We're following the health guidelines here, okay? They're not rules. They're not laws. They're guidelines. It's optional in theory. <laughs> of course, if you optionally choose not to follow the guidelines, the military will escort you to prison. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not about human rights. It's about human life. So let's continue on this train of thought here. If it's not about human rights, it's about human life. So we're preserving life uh, at the expense of human rights. Great. Good job. Thank you. This is what I needed to hear. So again, my idea, because Tom has, you know, Tom's running for president. That's fine. And we're very similar in our platforms. But here in Boogie Stan, we've got another platform. Our platform to solve the, you know, all problems in society is just, let's just lock everybody up in maximum security prison. Everybody. And then we'll get everybody working for 20 cents an hour. So we'll have no overhead. So we'll capture the world's manufacturing sectors because we'll force the people to work in prison. Because, hey, it's not about human rights. So, if here's the thing if we take away this pesky idea that people have, like they have some kind of human right to freedom, if we remove that from the equation, we'll keep everybody really safe and protected. We'll protect human life. Right? I mean, the absolute, the absolute surest way to ensure that everybody is safe is by removing all of the options they have to make themselves unsafe, i.e. freedom. So we get rid of all freedom and then everybody can be really safe, right? Hey, we're basically doing that now. Why don't we just like get to the end of it? Why don't we cut the foreplay here? Let's get right to the part where we lock everybody up in maximum security prison. We'll get everybody in prison working for 20 cents an hour because hey, What else are you going to do? It's prison. And we'll capture, we'll become the richest country and the safest country. (laughs) Major Tom with the diamond. Thank you for joining us, Major Tom. Just Terry, what, Terry Shivo, everyone? Alive forever. I don't know who Terry Shivo is. I'm exposing my ignorance here on this. Uh, Apologies. I assume that he's a great man who wants to lock everybody in prison. How about that? (laughs) I mean, let's keep the world safe. It's not about human rights. It's about human life.
4: Data released by the state government shows the curfew has led to a sustained drop in road use, particularly between seven at night and midnight. (laughs) Evening travel is 74% lower than what it would have been.
3: Because you're locking everyone up in their home. Oh my god. Terry Shavo was a woman who was kept on life support while being a vegetable. Ah, okay, there you go. <laughs> How about this? How about this? Uh, we've we've you know, we've put in place a curfew between the hours of 8 p.m. and 5 a.m. And in the media reporting, there's been there's been a 75% drop in road traffic between midnight and five a.m. I I wonder why. Wow. Exactly. Foggy in the chat. Because the M6 is a total virus spreading cunt at 80 kilometres an hour. (laughs) People alone in their own cars are spreading the virus on the freeway. (laughs) So, again, once we lock everybody up in maximum security prison, there'll be no need for freeways. The roads will be empty.
6: If you can limit movement, you will limit the spread of this virus. Right. If you can limit movement, then you will see less people doing the wrong thing. But
4: the opposition has raised other concerns. Really? They're too scared about going to a hospital because they worry about Daniel Andrews' curfew Uh. and they're not getting treatment they need.
6: Oh,
3: God. The the opposition in Victoria is completely, like, castrated politically. This is the best you can fucking come up with? Sir. So, so this is like the this would be this would be the premier in Victoria if Daniel Andrews lost the election. Okay. This guy here, O'Brien. In a situation where millions of people are soon to be unemployed, economies are crashing through the floor, people are being arrested for what they post on Facebook, and the fucking military is patrolling the streets. The best he can come up with, the best argument he can come up with is. People are afraid to go to hospital. Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, this, this is why the Conservative Party got eviscerated in the last election in Victoria. Eviscerated. Because this is the alternative. Um, um, you know, I, I just want to say that, uh, you know, it's very important to keep people safe and, you know, um, People are very afraid now because of Daniel Andrews to uh, go to the hospital. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the conservative alternative. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck a duck. It's the best you can do. The best you've got. I wouldn't vote for him either, frankly.
7: You could see people dying unnecessarily.
4: (sighs) Government data shows that emergency admissions are down. So are admissions for heart attacks, strokes and cancer screenings. The government has reiterated people can go out to get medical help. This is- <laughs> you
3: can go out to get medical help. But you cannot protest the laws that keep you from going out.
4: It's very concerning uh, because yeah.
3: uh, deferred care
4: can uh, lead to worse health outcomes. Really, Daniel Andrews' roadmap out of lockdown gives the promise of a COVID-normal Christmas, but really? Christmas here at Burke Street Mall will look very different. Uh-huh. Today, Meyer announced its Christmas windows would not be going ahead, hey! and the premier also said the chance of large gatherings at New Year's Eve fireworks is very unlikely. <laughs>
3: No New Year's Eve. We're cancelling New Year's Eve. Wow. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, everything's going well in the great nation of Australia. Now, I do want to catch up on, because on Monday night, we spoke about our new favourite political candidate, uh, Aria Demezzo, the satanic anarchist libertarian transgender activist who won nomination for local county sheriff running for the GOP (laughs) and Jim N word has been hot on the case here and found a couple of videos of our new favorite candidate who we're now just going to refer to her as the sheriff. Okay. Sheriff De She's our sheriff. (laughs) He's found a couple of videos of the sheriff speaking with the infamous Chris Cantwell, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm not a f- I'm not a fan of Chris Cantwell, and I'm not not a fan of Chris Cantwell. I've never really watched him or listened to him. I know who he is, but that's about as far as it goes. And as best I can ascertain, Chris Cantwell is somebody, if you like him, you'll say that he's like a truth teller and stuff. And if you hate him, you'll say he's a dangerous ethno-nationalist. So I, it's up to you where you fall on that spectrum. I don't know, because I don't really listen to the guy. It's not not something I listen to, so I don't know. Um He was one of the big swinging dicks at the Charlottesville rally. Uh, I believe he got charged with a felony for pepper spraying somebody. And which again is kind of like, you know, two tier justice system, whatever. And then he made a video crying about how he was being railroaded by the legal system. So there's a whole lot of law around Chris Cantwell that you can investigate on your own. Because frankly, I don't have the time and nor the interest. (laughs) But... He's, a, he's somebody who, you know, he's a he's a bit of a firebrand uh, podcaster, I think it's fair to say. Now, I don't, I'm not easily offended. So, you know, his particular views on politics is, probably wouldn't offend me. I don't really get offended by that kind of thing. It may offend you, I'm not sure. But again, that's your decide. But Chris Cantwell uh, went on the Sheriff's podcast a while ago. Uh, I think this is last year. He went on Aria De Mezzo's podcast. Now, this is going to be a fine example of what we can expect from Aria De Mezzo's campaign here when uh, she runs against the Democrat because this is a debate setting, right? So I'm very much looking forward to this. Chris Cantwell, who's been dubbed the crying Nazi versus the sheriff, Aria De Mezzo, the Satanist, anarchist, nihilist, Transgender activist who is running for the GOP for local county sheriff. So let's have a look how this plays out. This should be good.
7: My point for me, you're, okay? you are making the a claim egg that it exists. Is a collection
3: of molecules. No, it's a fucking egg.
1: Okay, you and are everybody ma- knows what an egg is. Prove so to me. You're not deconstructing. No, no, no. I'm not going to prove.
3: What a town says, Rusty in the chat. Oh, come on. Can I please get my things? Ben K. Veritas with the diamond. Well, how could people ignore a big swinging dick? Good point. Thank you for the uh, the diamond, Ben. Prove to you that eggs exist, Because asshole. you can't. Okay?
7: Do no,
1: it. I'm not going to prove to you that eggs exist. Prove to me that-
3: <laughs> Prove to me that eggs, is, eggs, exist. <laughs> eggs exist. Prove to me that eggs exist. Prove to me that eggs exist.
7: Any fucking thing exists.
3: You see, that's that's what it comes down to, right? That's why you can just change your fucking gender all willy nilly because you're like,
1: Who because gender exists? is an artificial human piece of human fucking construct. asshole world is in my lunatic brain and I can reorganize it as I <laughs> oh,
3: see fit. Oh, Chris, I- come on now, that's no way to talk to the sheriff, Chris. You've got to respect the sheriff. Now, I think what's really happening here, though, when he when Chris is like, I'm not going to fucking prove to you that eggs is, uh, eggs exist. Why am I having so much trouble saying that eggs exist? <laughs> like when Chris is like, I'm not gonna prove to you that fucking eggs exist. You can hear the producer of Aria D'Emezzo's show who's in the room, you can hear them start laughing. See, I wonder if if you're going to be a transgender anarchist, nihilist, activist, um, and also a libertarian. I imagine that there's a large portion of your being, there's a large portion of your chi, which is dedicated to IRL trolling people. You know what I mean? Just being a smartest, just annoying people. Because the sheriff, Aria Demezzo, doesn't strike me as the kind of person that you're used to seeing with those kinds of beliefs, right? Because what we've been conditioned to believe is that anybody who like fits you know, into those various categories is somebody who can't handle criticism, who doesn't like, who needs a safe space, who's easily triggered, right, who thinks that everything is abusive and offensive. But I don't think that's the case with Demezzo. Demezzo strikes me as pretty laid back. Like, I don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? I mean, she's got Chris Cantwell on her show, his show, whatever you want to say. They've got Chris Cantwell on their show. And Chris Cantwell's now saying... This is the way it works in your lunatic fucking brain that you can just create whatever you want, right? So, but you can hear the producer laughing in the background, which I think is, I think that's important. You can just change your... Look at the Chiron down the bottom. It says, she-male versus Nazi. <laughs> 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 Call in now. I wish I had have known about this show at the time. I would have loved to have called in. I'm turning into a fan of Aria Demeza. I don't even care about the other stuff. This is fantastic. Fucking gender, all willy nilly, because you're like, prove to it me is that anything exists. Because gender is an artificial the human The fucking construct. asshole
1: world is in my lunatic brain, and I could reorganize it as I see fit whenever I want. Right? That's that's the way you view the that world. That is
7: exactly the way I view the world. That's why I have the word nihilism tattooed right here.
1: Right. Exactly. Now, prove me
7: <laughs> wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove to me that anything exists, Chris. Prove to me that an egg exists. <laughs>
3: you got
4: a full screen that.
3: That moment of sheer frustration and defeat from Chris Cantwell. Prove to me that anything exists. He's just like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Prove to me that anything exists. What a fucking question. The word
7: nihilism tattooed right
3: oh, look here. At this. Look at this. Right. Now prove me wrong.
7: Prove to me that anything exists, Chris. Prove to me that an egg exists. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Prove to me that anything exists. (laughs) Anything. (laughs) What a a cheeky bastard. What a cheeky piece of shit. (laughs) And Chris just stares at him. (sighs) (laughs) Static void. That single statement just converted me to Satanism. Prove to me that anything exists. That silence
7: is him going, I fucking can't. I, I lose. Eggs don't exist.
1: Like, literally, I can't hold a permitted demonstration without criminals attacking me and me going to jail for defending myself. That's yeah. the world that I live in. Yeah. Right. And so that's the world that I live in. So, you know,
8: we're, we're going to have well, this thing here today. That's one
7: interpretation of events.
1: Yeah. Well, you know.
7: But I mean, if, if you were guilty, uh, it it would be the standard line to go to to say that no, it's a Jewish conspiracy. Uh-huh.
3: Come on, Chris! Come on, Chris! You can do better than this. Surely. Oh dear, Chris is giving up. He's sucking down on that vape pen. But I mean, if if you were guilty, uh, uh-huh. if, it would be
7: the standard line to go to to say yep. that no, it's a Jewish conspiracy. Hmm. <laughs> Whether or not it is or it isn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: De Mezzo is like,
3: is he speaking, or are we going to get somewhere with this interview? What's what's happening? Is Chris breaking? Is he malfunctioning? All that I would be yes, Aria. You are correct. <laughs> okay, now this is the point in the show where a caller, somebody calls into the show, and it must—I think it's a regular of uh, Aria Demezzo's Discord. Which she says so. But it's a name that I've seen floating around before, somebody called Turd Ferguson. Now, I've seen a Turd Ferguson in the chat rooms of various different shows and stuff, and I do wonder, is it the same Turd Ferguson? I'd love to think that it is the same Turd Ferguson that we've seen around here. You know, some of you would have seen Turd Ferguson in the chat of various shows. So I wonder if it's the same guy. I'm not sure, but let's have a look. Turd Ferguson calls in to talk to Chris Cantwell on the Satanist, Anarchist, Nihilist podcast.
7: (laughs) Well, we got Turd Ferguson on Discord, who is a regular listener to the LRN.FM feed. Turd, uh, what do you think and why do you think it? Uh, well, it was actually pretty interesting uh, listening to Cuxt for Cuntwell dumb me down for the past uh,
3: 48 <laughs> minutes. Cuxed for Cuntwell. It's so dumb. <laughs> now, if you look here, the sheriff, Aria Demezo is already laughing. for cunt, Cuntwell. I mean, it's, it's high school level stuff. Demezzo's already laughing, but Cuntwell here is not... He's none too impressed, is he? Look at this. So he's gone on the Anarchist Libertarian podcast to discuss whether or not eggs exist and can you prove that they exist, prove anything exists. And now he's being called a cuck and a cunt by a call-in oh dear it's not working it's not going well for christopher is it terrible stuff let's have
8: a look right, to be honest, hang, up, I... hang up on this fucking asshole. no i'm not, gonna, uh, I'm, not, I'm, not no, I'm not i will walk out of this fucking studio then hang walk up out on that man fucking, okay. this is an
7: open line walk out <laughs> just, it's always been a, unscripted this, and totally that. open we've let you say whatever you wanted to say now let people say whatever
3: they want to say look at this christopher Cantwell storms out of the building ladies and gentlemen the fearless truth teller, because <laughs> someone called him a cock on a call in radio show. <laughs>
7: Did you just walk out of the studio? He is in the process of doing so right now. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'll hang up. All right. If don't don't, like, don't. If you would like to apologize, for- the caller offers to hang up for your insults and would like I to know, actually a ask call a call question on on behalf hold on, of. Hold on, me. because you should no, be I will. the bigger I, I, person. Yeah, I will. And accept the apology. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Let them walk the fuck out. You're a coward. Walk out.
3: (laughs) The sheriff, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Walking out on the sheriff. How dare you? I'm not finished with you yet. Holy shit. Chris Cantwell, ladies and gentlemen. Half of the LRN listeners. No
7: no, I, no, 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 I no, 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 no. Turd Ferguson because he just walked the fuck. No, the you're
3: good, Turd. Out,
7: because he you call oh him bad God, names. You triggered him, and he walked the fuck out. Let he's him fucking go.
3: Let him fucking
7: go. He's a coward.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love the producer laughing in the background. <laughs> he's a coward.
7: <laughs> Let he's him fucking go. Let him fucking go. He's a coward. <laughs> <laughs>
3: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So, here's the thing: if you're in the county that the sheriff Aria Demezo is running in, and you're a Democrat, I've got good news. Are you worried about Nazis? Are you worried about the threat of white supremacists? Guess what? Aria Demezo can handle the Nazis. How about that? See there Anarchist Nihilist Trans activist One Nazi Zero How about that But science Fuck science Ambolina Can you prove Ambolina Ambolina in the chat says But science Ambolina can you prove That science exists (laughs) Prove anything exists (laughs) You can't See You can't I win You're silent Because you can't prove That science exists Therefore, I win. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. One more thing before we go to the break here. Now, this was sent through by Kitty B. We have to, we have to investigate this because this is bringing together two of my most loved things in the world. Oh, somebody donated diamonds, so I'm going to have to reload my little thing here. Relay, and I'm going to pretend like everything is normal. The Sheriff has some balls. Uh, wait, I think the Sheriff still has balls. Ben K. Veritas with Diamond. Thank you so much. I think the Sheriff has balls. But like I said, the main thing is the Sheriff just handled a Nazi like it was no thing, and we don't know if eggs exist or not. So it's fantastic. With a little help from turds, Ferguson. Henry St. Tucker about. It. So this combines two of our great loves on this show. Number one, the voice of a generation, the voice of a political generation, Cardi B, ladies and gentlemen. But also something that we've been very strongly behind here in the great nation of Boogistan, and that is eliminating anti-social cart behavior. Somebody has brought these two things together in a, a beautiful, orgiastic, pro-cart, uh, pro-anti-cart criminality conquest of the soul. So we've combined Cardi B, B with Returning Your Carts Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Carti B.
2: Take your card back.
3: Take yeah, card now back. we're talking. Take your card. This'll, this'll blow some minds huh? See once we start getting respectable cart behavior into the mainstream, I think that this this war against the cart criminals is going to end very swiftly. And the way that we get it into the mainstream is by using popular culture, using the music industry, I want to see the cart the arcs, you know feature film at some point. So we recruit, yes, exactly. We recruit the youth. We recruit the superstars, the megastars. If Bernie Sanders can recruit Cardi B to talk about, yo, Bernie, why all these, what you gonna do out with like all these broke ass niggas out there who be like, can't afford like their healthcare and shit, can't get their pussy check out, colleges, Like, you know, they be going to school and shit. Like, and they got all this fucking debt, Bernie. Like, they can't afford to be eaten, like, for this wet-ass pussy, you know. So what you gonna do for these fucking broke niggas burning? How we gonna fix that shit, man? If we can recruit Cardi B for that, then surely we can recruit, you know, the up-and-comings, the stars, the voices of the youth to get behind this movement of eliminating antisocial cart behavior. And once that happens, we win. Once that happens, the war is over. And in case you were wondering, the answer is yes, and all of them.
2: <laughs> you don't got to be drain on society. Ooh, why you trying to put me in a bad mood? Because you I feel like a selfish fool. <laughs> Take your card back.
3: Take, Take your, your card back. back. Take your like card back. Crazy. Queef. I haven't heard that for a while. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Carty B with the message that is going to change the world. Take your cart back, you lazy queef. Yeah, that could be Boogistan's new fight song. That's a good point. In fact, let's let the girls take us out to the break, shall we? So we're going to take a quick five minutes. We'll be back uh, with the second half of the program here on the Daily Boogie Podcast on a Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen. Remember the words of Carti B, take your cart back.
2: Take your card back, take your card back, you lazy piece of dick. Take your card back, take your card back, you no good dick.
0: So, check it out. Idiot Booty
3: Bumper. Idiot Booty 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 Bumper. Really giving that one a workout? Come on. Zlive.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show.
6: Place full of terrible people doing terrible
3: things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 PM for the Big Empty. That's Major Underscore Tom on D Live. Make sure to use Zeros for O's
0: because your life really is that hard.
9: Hey Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just want to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite patriots. You never know what we might cuss
7: and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil the Angel, speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise Sensor, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, U.K. Neil, Rusty and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Back Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irrelevant fun, so be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube that's right doc follow us at winning tv on all of those channels so be sure and put it on your
5: calendar we'll be looking for you we'll leave the porch lot on
7: i still think it's irrelevant
3: fun but why are you a problem for coins when you have a heavy bag
0: <laughs> there's a place that we can go to watch old things all the warm fuzzy berries it brings it's a special little spot Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot, tucked Way on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. When we were kids and there wasn't any school, we'd sit and watch all the best cartoons. Eating cereal till Friday night and cheesy movies the ones that used to show us boobies it's our special little spot tucked away on the line. enjoy the joy of pessy enjoy the joy of pessy enjoy the joy of pessy this justin the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. All so right, This world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake your all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie, come on, everybody boogie bop tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie,
1: come on, everybody boogie bop tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie, come
3: on, everybody boogie bop tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Remember, if you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, I probably won't see the alert straight away, but I'm doing my best because something's happening on D-Live, but whatever. Uh DLive.tv slash Boogie or Streamlabs.com slash Bumper. Let's get right back into it, shall we? I promised you some dirty, filthy, incredible sex stuff. And when I promise you dirty, filthy sex, I goddamn deliver. I saw, I saw this article a couple of days ago in Zero Hedge, which is a great publication. Love Zero Hedge. Uh, mainly for their uh, economic stuff, their crypto stuff. Very, very good. Very good info. But every now and then they go outside the bounds of, you know, they go, you know, off the beaten track and they come out with something like this. Rise of Technosexuals. So this is the education portion of the program here. Rise of Technosexuals. of men are aroused by Amazon Alexa laser, 14%. Now, 14% is quite a number, but that's more than there are uh, gay people in society. Because the gay, I think they say that the gay people, they say it's around 10%. I don't know if it's really that many. Maybe it's closer to five. I don't know. It depends on who you're listening to, how many gay people there are. But that would mean that more people are sexually aroused by Amazon Alexa than are sexually aroused by members of the same sex, which is fascinating to me. (laughs) (laughs) A new study commissioned by WeVibe, a sex toy company, found loneliness and anxiety during the virus-induced lockdowns has likely resulted in the emergence of techno-sexuals. Techno-sexual. Readers must be confused about what exactly the term means, well, it turns out that anyone who is attracted to machinery, robots, and or in this case, smart speakers, is a technosexual. So we've covered on the show a couple of technosexuals before. Uh, remember the girl who married a jet? Well, she was in. She didn't marry the jet. The jet wasn't interested. But she was in love with the airline plane, like the plane. So she would travel to different airports just to see the plane. And then one can only imagine, masturbate furiously in the cafeteria uh, restroom. She had a miniature version of the plane made, and she used to sleep with it in the bed next to her. <clears throat> that was one person. Uh, we covered a girl who married a rug. Uh, we covered a guy who married his sex robot and used to take it around on holidays and stuff, and take pictures like in the Bahamas and shit with him and his robot sitting on the beach, you know, drinking cocktails and stuff. So we've we're not we're not rookies when it comes to this, you know, this subculture. We like to dip our toes in every now and then. Uh, WeVibe surveyed 1,000 men and discovered that 14% of respondents confessed their Amazon smart speaker sexually aroused them. (laughs) I wish I had an Alexa so we we could test this out. We could see if uh, Alexa is responding to us in kind. Does anybody know if there's like an internet-based... Based? based, If there's like a web-based version of Alexa where you can speak to it? You know, on a website somewhere, then I'd give it a crack and we'll see if we can get uh, Alexa to satisfy us sexually. But at this point, I don't have an Alexa. I'm not going to bring one into the home. I will go to Alexa's house, but I'm not bringing Alexa here because, you know, I've got my wife here and stuff. So it'd be a little bit awkward. Um, But that's an away game for me. Also known as Alexa, Amazon's smart speaker is no longer just fulfilling questions about the daily weather or telling lame jokes but rather the Chinese-made device is fueling men's sexual desires, so typical of white men to be, you know, to catch the yellow fever. White men love their Asian chicks, man, even in speaker tech form. UK-based psychologist Lucy Beresford wrote in The Telegraph that the number of technosexuals is increasing as their, quote, primary source of arousal are through interacting with their tech indicating that society is sleepwalking into a different kind of epidemic, one of loneliness and fear of intimacy driven partially by the lockdowns, ladies and gentlemen. Beresford said they're technosexuals' favourite gadgets, whether it's the ping of a message swiping right or the seductive, authoritative tones of a cloud-based voice service. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that... I can see very soon that I'm going to be regarded as some kind of dinosaur freak where I still, you know, I still jerk off to like, you know, the big titted 30-year-old blonde. I must be the only one left on earth. <laughs> I must be the only one left who just gets off to regular women. <laughs> now, now if you're not interested in like a <clears throat> a jet plane or a speaker or something abstract, well, hey, you're just you're just an old dinosaur, you old fuddy-duddy. <laughs> anime porn whatever fucking people are into now strange times (laughs) their tech fulfills them by mobilizing the reward system in the brain and releasing dopamine the happiness hormone Beresford said in all my years of practicing technosexuals are perhaps the most troubling cohort of mental health sufferers wait wait they're calling them mental health sufferers wow that's a that's a little bit bigoted isn't it bro I mean, stop kink-shaming me, bro. So wait, hang on a minute, just in case you're clear, uh, just so you're clear, (laughs) people who are sexually aroused by Alexa, we refer to them as having a mental illness. People who want to cut their own penis off, we refer to them as liberated. How about that? Yep. You're in love with your Alexa? Wow, what a freak. (laughs) You want to cut your own penis off? Congratulations, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay, okay, whatever. Whatever. She continued, "Uh, if we're not careful, mindful even, tech has the power to tempt all of us to invest too much time in a virtual life at the expense of our real one. So based on this, I thought I need to do a little bit of digging to discover more about the technosexuals. And I came across, of course, the source that everybody my age goes to when they want to learn about something and not question any of the sources and just be told what to think, you go to a TED workshop, ladies and gentlemen. So we can can all sit down and listen to what a technosexual is and why it's great, and we can all walk out of there thinking that we're so much smarter than everybody else. So I haven't watched this. I don't know. It might be terrible. I'm not sure. So let's have a look at uh, Technosexuality as brought to us by the good people at TED, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a little look here.
9: When I was little, I wanted to be an archaeologist. And this is me, age three,
3: about two. Hurry up and get to the sex stuff. I've been listening for three seconds. You haven't even mentioned a penis yet. When I was little, I wanted to be an archaeologist. Yeah, 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 that's great. How do I have sex with my toaster? Like, if I have sex with my toaster and, like, a nut in there, am I going to be, like, electrocuted or something? Is that going to happen? What about a coffee machine? You know, because I kind of like the brown. So, you know, if I could put my penis in, like, the brown pile of coffee, like, that that might, like, do it for me, you know? Especially not when it's hot, though, not when it's boiling. I mean, I'm not, like, a fucking freak or anything. I'll wait for it to cool down a little bit first. I just like it a little bit warm. <laughs> so, how do I have sex with my coffee machine? Can we get to that, please? I don't care what you used to want to be when you were a kid. Unless you grew up to be a coffee machine, I'm not interested in you.
9: Embark on my first excavation um, and I became an archaeologist. But, and please excuse the pun, there will be plenty of those in my talk. I didn't think there was any future in it. And. <laughs>
3: (laughs) that was that was the punchline right that was the joke right excellent moving on
9: and so uh, to avoid my career being in ruins I decided to specialise and so
3: oh the career being in ruins (laughs) I love these TED talks so good
9: I went back to university mm-hmm, yeah. and I did a master's degree and then a PhD in computer science. Great. Now, archaeology is the study of...
3: It's like such, such a woman thing to do. We're, we're supposed to be talking about techno-sexuality and having sex with machines. We're not here for your whole life story. Just get to the important part, darling.
9: Human activity through the objects and the architecture of the past. Whereas computer science is the creation of new technologies by the present and the future.
3: So you don't think they'd have a lot in common. It's like, honey, did you pick up milk at the shop? Well, you're not going to believe it. I went to the shop and then I couldn't find a place to park and then I found a place to park, but it was like 10 minutes away. And then when I was walking to the shop, I ran into Sally. Do you remember Sally? Well, Sally's kids are going to school. You know that school down on the corner? Well, one of their teachers is a real piece of shit. And this teacher was trying to give little Timmy homework. Now, Timmy's like five years old. Uh, 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 Did you get milk? Oh, yeah, it's in the fridge. Thank
9: you. (laughs) But actually, what interests me is the intersection of these things, the changes that we see through time when new technologies are introduced to our societies.
3: Uh Uh-huh. Get to the sex part.
9: For the past 10 years, I've been working in human-computer interaction and Uh artificial intelligence at Goldsmiths University of London. Now
3: we're talking Goldsmiths.
9: Lately, I've been working on sex... Lately, I've been watching you, watching everything you do. Robots. My parents are sex so. Sex robots. Of me. Um, so, it's quite niche. And when I say sex robots, it's really a shorthand for all kinds of technology that relates to intimacy. So it covers topics like psychology, philosophy.
3: Philosophy. Aristotle never saw this coming. (laughs) See, I can do puns too, bitch. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's too easy.
9: Interactivity, attachment, our hopes, our fears, and love. It's about forming intimate relationships with machines. Yes, yes. And with artificial intelligence. Okay.
3: Yep. Sex. Like, <laughs> Just put sex on the screen. Everyone's like, hmm I'm listening.
9: Like sex and artificial intelligence might sound like a strange mix, but they have some things in common. Like? Sex is central to being human. Is it? That- it's how we all got here. Eh. It's a fundamental motivation of humans to pass on their DNA. Hmm. This maps really nicely to traditional ideas about artificial intelligence. Really? Where people were...
3: Traditional
9: ideas about artificial intelligence? Okay. ...trying to program machines that had goal-oriented behavior. Right. But there's another side to it too. Yep. There's a branch of cognitive science that looks at embodiment, how we use our physical bodies to explore the world and make sense of it.
2: Mm -hmm.
9: Well, you don't get much more embodied than sex. (sighs)
2: <sighs> this
9: is
3: just fucking dragging on, man. This was a mistake. I, I'm, doing, I'm being very patient here. I'm waiting for the education part.
9: It's my research. There's
3: a lot of salon gossip happening at the moment.
9: I'm defining sex as any type.
3: <laughs> Phobic cruiser chat. AI is trad as fuck.
9: <laughs> I've enacted sexual behaviour. So it's sexual activity that releases the chemicals that make us feel good. The oxytocin, serotonin, the endorphins. It's about pleasure. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily involve penetration. It Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean reaching orgasm. It's not heteronormative.
3: Heteronormative. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now we've got our first indication of where this is going. Anybody who uses the term heteronormative, you know that they're coming from a specific place with their ideas, right? So this is good.
9: And it's not just... That's
3: what, that's what I was waiting for. Some kind of indication of what kind of talk this is going to be. Now I'm starting to get excited. Wait, wait, did she just say heteronym? Hopefully cisgender makes a reference as well.
9: Penis meets vagina. Okay. So anything goes.
3: Or any other hole.
9: Now the robot in sex robots. Robots are embodied. They have a physical place in the world. Okay, I'm going to and skip ahead here. some a of them here. have artificial intelligence. Hello. In. Porn as content, and I think sex robots fits under that.
3: Okay. The first sex robots, ladies and gentlemen. There they are. You might
9: recognise some of these ships.
3: <laughs> the first sex robots. Nice bone, bro.
9: Now, we know that phallic objects that look a lot...
3: Now, see, this, see, this is the thing. This is a TED Talk. Apparently, they're all very intelligent people, Right. These are the most intelligent people, the people giving the talks, the people going to the talks. They're curious. They want to learn. They're mature. When they flash up the image of the penis-shaped bones and sticks on the screen, have a listen very carefully to the giggles in the audience. Did you hear that? (laughs) Let me play it again. They can't help themselves. We are all children when we see a penis.
9: You might recognise some of these ships.
3: I don't care how smart you are, I don't care how many degrees you have, I don't care what level of education you rose to, when somebody puts something that looks like a penis on the screen, you will giggle like a little kid.
9: Now we know that...
3: That's science, baby.
9: ...like objects that look a lot like sex toys were being created 30,000 years ago. 30,000. These are actually only from 12,000 years ago. Um... Now, they may not have had a sexual purpose, and academics and archaeologists will argue a lot about this, but I'm saying, don't overlook the obvious here, okay? Um, Academia tends to be a bit squeamish when it comes to talking about sex.
3: Oh, please. (laughs) Come on, rubbish. There are whole departments in universities dedicated to the topic.
9: We see these ships. Right the way through time, resulting in the sort of sex toys we have today, like vibrators.
3: Vibrators.
9: The aesthetic of current sex toys is really changing, though, because we have the potential of new forms of interaction. Okay. That's sort of unlimited by physical realism. All right, and yes. So we're seeing sex toys that are breaking new boundaries. Le- yes. They've become beautiful, they've become customizable.
3: Beautiful, customizable sex vaginas. Nice. <laughs> Come on, show me this beautiful, customisable future that we're all going to live in. Here we go.
9: If you want to buy a sex robot today, yes, this is what you get.
3: There's, har- there's harmony.
9: <laughs> there aren't really any in existence. What we have are mechanised sex dolls and companies that are promising to put artificial intelligence into those dolls. They are posable silicone, woman-shaped objects. They're pretty much like a bad shot mannequin from the 1980s. There's, there's
3: male ones too, though.
9: So who
3: buys them? Well, the US... Uh, Generally, what I've discovered, who buys them, the the answer to who buys them, what I've found, generally is overweight bearded men who are short-sighted, who are divorced with three children that they never see, alcoholics and perhaps some other kind of substance abuse. That's generally who I've found buys them. We've covered a lot of the sex robot clientele here on this program and that archetype seems to pop up time after time after time after time. Generally overweight, generally bearded, generally with very thick glasses, uh, a thinning hairline, you know, three or four kids that they don't see, divorced, in some kind of boring job, and that's that's generally who you're talking about when the people the people who purchase sex robots. The
9: company that manufactures this particular doll says they're bought by people who are lonely and isolated. They call them love dolls rather than sex dolls. Love they say that they're brought by therapists and psychiatrists, by families for adult children who are socially excluded. Now, we know from years of study that humans get attached to non-living things. Uh-huh.
3: There's a like particular Alexa.
9: effect known as the Tamagotchi effect after those little virtual pets.
3: Tamagotchi. Who remembers Tamagotchi, huh?
9: People had in the mid-90s. Some people tried to kill those pets deliberately. Uh-
3: <laughs> well, isn't, isn't killing a virtual pet fine, though? No. I mean, wouldn't you rather little Timmy kill the virtual dog or the virtual cat instead of the real ones? <laughs> or maybe he just graduates to the real one. These are probably the children who don't take their carts back as well.
9: But people get attached to them and we see it in studies about care and companion robots in nursing homes. We see it with our digital assistants in the homes. Here we go. Siri, Cortana, Alexa. Alexa! arguing hey. with their GPS systems. There are actually anecdotes of soldiers in battle who have funerals for their bomb disposal robots. When-
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know that um, the Mexican general, is his name Santa Ana. I know he had a funeral for one of his legs that he lost in battle. So they were carrying around one of, like a little leg-shaped coffin. <laughs> Grim in the chat, no boogie. All lives matter. I'll, I don't know if you know, I'll give you a bit of uh, boogie bumper lore. I once got approached to do voiceover for an AI program, like, as a job. So they wanted me to, like, read scripts. So it would have been my voice that you hear when you interact with whatever device they were made. I didn't get that far um, because I just, I said, no, thanks. The reason being, it's probably well-paying, I'm not sure, but someone approached me and said, hey, we want want your voice for this thing, for this AI program. I'm like, I couldn't end up doing it because, you know, I, I so rail against AI on this show that if I had have done that for the money, then somebody would have found out. You know, five years from now, ten years from now, and they would have, it would have been like, hey, this guy's a phony. He's a big fat phony. He says that he doesn't like AI, but then he worked for an AI place. You know, so it's like I uh, can't do it. I probably should have now looking back because everybody's a fucking arsehole. <laughs> everybody's a hypocrite. So fuck it. Why? Why shouldn't I be? But. I wouldn't have been able to live with myself if I had done it, so I didn't.
9: And they're damaged beyond repair. We also know that human-like robots can really freak us out, okay? So this is a thing called the uncanny valley. And it's basically that the more lifelike something looks, the wider the gulf gets, the more we're creeped out by it, until it crosses that boundary into being indistinguishable from us. Now, there are some theories about why that might be. I and didn't it might sell be out, follow like Q. Something that seemed
3: follow like Q in the chat. You didn't sell out. No, I didn't. But in saying that, I'm open to selling out in the future. So get in touch with me at Boogie Bumper <laughs> for, for all of your AI robot voice needs.
9: Because Human looks alive but isn't alive. Makes us think of death. So we're a long way off We're a long way off from closing that gap And from crossing the uncanny valley
3: Okay, this is boring I'm done Done That's not what I want See, this is, the, this is the danger that you run When you do something without pre-watching it first <laughs> Most often I can get something out of it And I can find some kind of angle And try to make it at least interesting or entertaining In some way for our small audience here But I've, I'm drawing blanks with this one i got nothing I just wanted to hear about the people who want to have sex with machines. That's it. <laughs> She's talking about philosophy and ancient dildos and stuff. It's like, ah, eh, come on, man. I just wanted to get to the freaky sex shit. So, let's move on. I do have a couple of things here. Now, now we're. T- How about this? Let's steady the ship, shall we? Let's get back to some. Let's get back to some real life, actual daily boogie material here. This is fantastic for. Our Democrat brothers and sisters who are upset that Joe Biden is the candidate running for the Democrat Party nomination, President of the United States, who wanted someone, you know, a little bit more to the left, perhaps somebody who wasn't a corporate shill, perhaps somebody who wasn't uh, handpicked and selected. Maybe they wanted a Bernie bro. Maybe they want an AOC. Uh, This is the message for you. Have a look at this.
2: Listen, kiddo, I get it. I don't like the two party system.
4: I think our country's corrupt. And quite frankly... I don't want to vote for Biden. It feels like voting
9: for a Republican.
4: But I'm gonna do it! You wanna know why? Because the alternative is a fucking fascist!
3: Yep. Kiddo. Listen here, kiddo. Now, what I love about this more than anything you have been told for the last four years, right, by this very same group of people that merely <clears throat> merely voting for someone because the alternative is worse is not good enough, right? You've been told that repeatedly, over and And, hey, I even have some sympathy with that view. I wish that things could be better. I wish that things could be ideal but if you're given the choice if you're given two bad choices and one is a little bit worse than the other one then it's kind of silly not to vote for the one that's less worse even though it should be a different way but we don't live in uh you know ideal land there's a great line from uh, American Dad where Francine is like well you should do this and you should do that and he's like yes but we don't live in should land Francine <laughs> Ah, should land, where once a week, where every year they play play a football game against, they get their idealistic asses handed to them by reality check tech. (laughs) We don't live in should land, Francine. So you've been told that it's not good enough to just vote for one guy because you dislike the other one more but now that is exactly the mantra because, hey, at least Biden's not a fascist, right?
2: I don't like the two-party
3: system. (laughs) Phobic Cruz, ideal land would be fascist Trump.
9: (laughs) I think our country's corrupt, and quite frankly, I don't want to vote for Biden. It feels like voting
3: for a
4: Republican, but I'm going to do it. You want to know why? Because the alternative is a fucking fascist. Really? A fascist is a fascist.
3: Nobody knows what fascism means anymore. Like I said, in my country, we have the military patrolling the streets in the second biggest city in the country, and people are being arrested for posting things on Facebook which go against government advice, right? If you post something against government policy, you will be dragged out of your home and thrown in cuffs and thrown in jail. If you walk around outside out of your allotted exercise time hours, you will be accosted by the fucking military on the streets. This is literally happening. And it's happening in a place which is run by the most progressive government in the country, where supporters of that government will tell you to your face that the other guy is a fascist. I shit you not. We are living in a state of mass political confusion, where people can support draconian attacks on individual rights on the basis that Hey, we're doing this because we hate fascism. It is it is retarded beyond all beyond my worst nightmares. And you cannot even explain to people. You cannot even te- you can't even tell these people what fascism means. They don't understand, they don't want to understand, they don't get it. Fascism is what they invent. Fascism is something somebody they hate. That's all they think.
2: Again. I'm going to
4: do it. You want to know why? Because the alternative is a fucking fascist. A fascist is a fascist. Maybe we can have the conversation about dismantling
3: the... Scream more, sweetheart.
4: Two-party system when a fascist isn't running.
2: Maybe we can do that later, kiddo. Champ.
3: I've got to say, um, political opinion aside... This is kind of like the female version of Brendan Dilly. <laughs> listen to the voice. Listen to the voice.
2: We're gonna do it, kiddo! You fucking fascist!
3: <laughs> Hi, Brendan! <laughs> Swear to god, listen again! Take the take the, the particular political view and put that to one side. Like the mannerisms and everything, it reminds me so much of Dilly. <laughs> Look
4: at this. Fascist! A fascist is
3: a fascist. Listen, this part here. Maybe we can
4: have the conversation about dismantling the two-party system when a
3: fascist isn't running. Maybe we can do that later. Maybe we can do that later. (laughs) Maybe we can have the conversation when a fascist isn't running. Maybe we can do that later. I don't know. (laughs)
1: Fantastic.
3: We We found the Joker to Dilly's Batman. Oh, yes. Come on now. Oh,
2: champ. Champ. Chief. Maybe we can talk about it later.
3: (laughs) Fantastic. Her name, name, by the way, if you want to follow her on TikTok, her name is Hole. Hole. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Now, this was very sexy. This is a Joe Biden-like little mini Twitter fucking video that he put out Earlier today. Have a look at this.
4: A nation exists. Speaking of fascism. Speaking its of fascism.
7: Americans want great schools for their children. Several school districts have cancelled classes for at least the rest of the month, leaving working parents scrambling for childcare
3: options. This is outrageous. So, inauguration, he said, you know, parents want better schools for their children. Like <laughs> I said this months ago on this show, right? The people who wanted things to be locked down, the people who wanted schools to be closed, the people who wanted shit shut down, the people who wanted the economy locked down, will now blame the guy in power because they got what they want. Again, predictable as sunrise. They got exactly what they were asking for. The economy got locked down. The schools were closed. Because remember, we're keeping people safe. We're keeping people safe here. So they get what they want, and then they blame the guy who's in power for getting what they want.
7: Serve its citizens. Right. Americans want great schools for their children. Several school districts have canceled classes for at least the rest of the month.
3: Because this is what you wanted. This is what you asked for. Like. This is aimed entirely at the lowest information individuals amongst us. This is aimed at people who literally live in a cave, who live under a rock. Yeah, Donald Trump closed all the schools down and because he's a fascist. <laughs> I swear to God, this is some of the dumbest shit you will see on the internet today
7: leaving working parents scrambling for childcare options
3: No 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 the parents aren't working so they, we don't we don't have to worry about that the parents lost their jobs congratulations
1: Safe neighborhoods for their families
3: Look at A group this of
2: Trump supporters came into the downtown and shot paintballs and sprayed bear repellent at Black Lives Matter protesters <sighs>
3: <laughs> Yep Yep, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm almost lost for words for the chutzpah of this, the go- the balls of this. I'm actually impressed. Like I've got to fucking tip my hat. People want safe neighborhoods, so hang on. You're telling <laughs> you're telling me that in the scenario where you know. 12 or 15 or 20 cities, there's rioting and looting and people literally throwing Molotov cocktails into the windows of local police stations. That's happening. You know, in the initial riot after the George Floyd death, a dozen people were killed, shot, stabbed, bashed, killed including a retired policeman who was like trying to protect his store or something, shot to death on the street by the protesters. Now, you know me. I'll give Trump a whack when I think it's appropriate to do so. But this is like next level stuff here. Like if, if I was working on this campaign and like somebody said, we're going to put out this Twitter video, I would look at it and go, you can't be serious. You're really gonna try this? You're gonna try you're gonna try this angle? That he's broken his promise about keeping neighborhoods safe because on one occasion, people with American flags shot paintballs at people who were trying to attack their car. Is that really what you're going with? Like, are we just going to pretend like the rioting and the looting didn't take Yes, of course we're going to pretend it didn't take place. That's what we've been doing for the last two years. Why should we make any mention of it now? It's it's almost criminal taking this angle. But hey, they've got balls. I'll give them that. It's ...for their families. group of Trump supporters came into the downtown and shot paintballs
2: and sprayed... Wow. Paint repellent ...at Black Lives Matter protesters. And good jobs...
1: For themselves.
3: Nationwide, the unemployment numbers surpassing those of the Great Depression. Because you wanted to shut everything down! Because you wanted to shut down the economy! You! <laughs> huh? How about that? Unemployment figures are going through the roof. I'm sorry, Governor, didn't you shut down your whole state and ban people from opening their business? Didn't you ban people from opening their store? Didn't you essentially force people into unemployment because you refused to allow business owners to open their store? Yeah, it's Trump's fault. Wow. So, like we predicted on the show, They demanded that the economy be locked down. They demanded that schools be closed. They encourage the rioting and the looting and the violence on the street. They got everything they wanted and more. And now you have to vote for them because it's bad. If you can't understand how criminally manipulative and obviously bad this is, I'm not smart enough to pretend to be dumb enough to explain it in a way that makes sense to you. I can't help you. But this is pure, unadulterated, distilled gall on on a fantastic level that I've never seen before. Wow, Donald Trump didn't keep his promise about jobs because we shut our economies down and it's his fault. It's fucking insane. But again, here's the thing. People will believe it. People will believe it. People will eat it up. They will repeat it because people are stupid. And voters are even more stupid than the average person.
1: And good jobs
6: for themselves.
2: Nationwide, the unemployment numbers
3: surpassing
1: those of the Great Depression. These are just and reasonable demands.
3: Promises made, promises broken. Look at all of this violent footage of guys sitting in the back of trucks shooting paintballs. (laughs) How good is that? All right. Let me show you this. A little bit of reporting from down under, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump has defied local law and the threat of fines to host an indoor rally with a packed, maskless Las Vegas crowd. (laughs) Maskless (laughs) crowd? How dare. Do you see this? He's violated local law. A packed, maskless crowd. How dare they? In other news, you need to vote for Joe Biden. Because Donald Trump has forced everybody to stay inside and wear a mask. <laughs> Donald Trump has ruined the economy. <laughs> the first since June. Yeah. The president did win over some, oh, yeah. with polls showing he's a hit with Hispanic voters. <laughs> Look at the framing. I love framing in these little videos. So Donald Trump has defied laws. He's put everybody at risk. He's killing everybody. Uh, the maskless crowd, ladies and gentlemen. But it, it impressed some people. And you expect to hear, you know, I guess, white nationalists, Nazis, uh, whatever. Uh, it's impressed some people with Latino voters now backing him in the polls. And now let's get back to why Donald Trump is a, is a fascist. Donald Trump has defied local <laughs> law. And because the- they've, got to find, they've got to find a way to say that he's getting a bump in the polls from the Hispanic voters. But they can't just say it. They need, They need to say it in a way that highlights what a terrible COVID denier he is, you know what I mean? A threat of fines to host an indoor rally with a packed, maskless Las Vegas crowd. <laughs> I, I love maskless.
2: <laughs>
3: a maskless crowd. <laughs> the first since June. Yep. The president did win over some, with polls showing he's a hit with Hispanic voters. <laughs>
5: <laughs> In the desert heat, they lined up for hours. Did they? Some even camping uh, out for days.
3: The Second Amendment, it's God,
5: and
6: it's everything what America is all about. Roll- <laughs>
3: they always have to find the guy, don't they? They have to find that one guy. Well, yeah, I got my shirt on here. It's got a gun on it, and uh, the Second Amendment is about guns and it's about God and like that's what America is. It's like guns, it's God holding a rifle. That's what America is. I tell you what. <laughs> they they hunted for hours to find that guy <clears throat> hey let's let's talk to the guy with the god and gun shirt on yeah we know like every Christmas uh, we put up a, like a big uh, mural in the house it's got baby Jesus holding a, a Glock a nine meal because you know uh, Jesus was uh, for the second amendment And God has uh, uh, an AR-15 raffle. He's he's a big fan of the uh, Second Amendment. Uh, So we believe in God and guns.
5: Calling the dice in the hope of winning a seat at a rally called the Great American Comeback.
3: Now, this is fantastic. Say what you will about Trump, but the ability to troll is still there. It's not as strong as it was in 2016, I don't think. Definitely not as strong. But I think this is utterly fantastic. Take the, like, the particular politics, whatever side you're on, out of it. This little thing that you're about to see, I just fucking laughed and laughed and I thought it was wonderful.
5: Distancing was non-existent and mask-wearing only for those in the all-important TV backdrop. <laughs> Nevada's state laws ban gatherings yep. over 50 people. right? But the Trump campaign bent the rules, calling this a peaceful protest. <laughs>
2: Yeah!
3: I like it. The madman did it! (laughs) No, it's not a rally, it's a peaceful protest. That's a a tremendous troll. When you take into consideration all of the media saying there's nothing wrong with peaceful protest, peaceful protest, don't spread the virus, right? Whoever came up with that is a fucking genius. I love it. Let's just call the rally a peaceful protest, because now... The very same media hacks are going to have to come out and say, well, peaceful protesting is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's not a peaceful protest. It's a rally. Uh, what's the difference? Um, shut up, racist. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's very good.
6: Tell your governor to open up your state, by the way.
3: So tell the governor to open up the state, but it's his fault that the state is closed in the first place, right? Although there
5: were demonstrators that weren't on Donald Trump's side.
6: Economy in the world. He's going home to mom.
5: <laughs> in an hour long speech, the president zeroed in on Hispanic votes he needs to win over in swing states like Nevada, name dropping as he went.
1: Some say, call us Latino. Others say, call us Hispanic. Others say, call us whatever the hell you want. We-
3: now that's one level of pandering. And again, the balls on these people. Let me, let us bring up the video that everybody's seen 20 times, 50 times by now. I'm going to have to find it because I didn't want to retweet it or anything because every, I wasn't even going to play it on the show because everybody else has played it. Uh, Biden. Come on, show me the video. Where's the video? Show me video. Okay, here we go. Yes, yes, yes. Fantastic. So <laughs> Everybody's seen this by now. Now, again, the balls of the press. To say like, oh, Trump was name dropping, trying to impress, you know, Latino voters. He's tried to impress the Latinos because he's so fake and phony. Because what did he say? Three words in Spanish?
1: Some say call us Latino. Others say call us Hispanic. Others say call us whatever the hell you want. We love you. We
4: love you.
3: And it may Oh yeah, look at look at this sickening pandering from Donald Trump. You know, some say call us Latino. Some say call us L- uh, Hispanic. Some say just call us whatever the hell you want. We love you. How? Di- what a disgusting pandering bastard. He's so full of it. <laughs> and then this happens. I just have <laughs> one thing to say. Yeah.
0: Hang on here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> There
4: you go. Dance a little bit,
6: Joe. Come on. Holy Down,
0: shit! <laughs> I tell you what, if I had the talent of any one of these people, I'd be, I'd be, elected president by acclamation.
3: <laughs> now I did promise you uh, to play something on my phone to show that I'm really in touch with black people. So here we go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a black person Just know that I'm on your side I understand you This is literally on my phone I mean I'm one of you I mean if I had half the talent I'd be the best podcaster on earth I'm not pandering or anything <laughs> no, but Donald Trump's really pandering too hard by saying some people say call us Latino.
5: ...may not be lost in translation. The polls suggest he's making
4: ground. I know all of them. Jose, how you doing? Juan, how you doing?
2: Donald <laughs>
3: That's actually fucking hilarious. <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't say that before. <laughs> I know all of them. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you know, we love our Hispanic photos. We love them. Some people some of them say call me Hispanic. Some of them say, call me Latino. I just, you know, some say, call me whatever. You know, I know all the Hispanics. I know Juan and I know Jose. (laughs) (laughs) I know them all. I've got them all.
5: (laughs) That's fucking magic. (laughs) May not be lost in translation. The polls suggest he's making ground.
1: I know all of them. Jose, how you doing?
4: Juan, how you doing? Donald (laughs) Trump.
3: That's a that's a very old fashioned granddad thing to say, isn't it? Because <laughs> that's that's again the kind of thing. Oh my god, it's so stereotyped and so racist, right? Because people will say that's racist. Like, how dare? Oh, what? All Mexican, all Hispanics are named Jose or Juan. It's like, yeah, well, most of them are. <laughs> a lot of them are, and I know all of them. What are you going to do about it, huh? <laughs> Fantastic.
5: Trump's road to re-election did get a bit harder today with former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg announcing he'll donate more than $100 million to help Joe Biden's campaign.
3: Uh, Good luck. Money down the drain. So, let me show you this. This trend that I've been noticing over the last few weeks, like predictive programming. Now, you have to... You have to place this in context, right? In relation to, because a few of these stories like a couple of weeks old now. And maybe the conversation's moved on now, I'm not sure, because I have been a little bit out of the loop because of work and stuff over the last couple of weeks, but I have had this in the tank ready to go. Predictive programming. Getting ahead of the story. It's like, if you know that somebody's gonna burn a bit, like put yourself in the mind of like a journalist and an activist, an activist slash journalist. If you know a building's gonna get burnt down, you don't want to be reactive to it. You want to be proactive to it. So what you would say is like, oh, these this particular building is very old and prone to fire damage, you know, the day before it burns down. So that way you can protect the person who's throwing the Molotov cocktail in such a way as it's like, well, of course that building burned down. It was old and prone to fire damage, right? You see what I'm saying? You get ahead of the story so you can steer it in the directions you want. And then you can turn the conversation into like, why did not this? Why did the city inspector not shut this building down because it was old and prone to fire damage? It's like, hang on, hang on. Why aren't we talking about the guy who threw the Molotov cocktail? Well, you know, whatever. We can have that discussion, but you're just trying to distract from the government not doing their job in closing buildings down that are prone to fire damage and old, right? You see what I'm saying here? It's a way to control the conversation and the, the corporate press, once you see it, you can't unsee it. They do this all the time, constantly. So I've been watching this trend. CNN lazy on protests or riots. It makes a big difference. Back to school in a pandemic. Within the next two weeks, the country will have fully returned to school. In many states, that means kids will be back in school in person, even as... This is from the 28th of August, by the way. Even as in most places, the coronavirus continues to spread p- faster than any attempts at content t- contact tracing can track it. President Donald Trump and his conservative allies have been unequivocal in their support for sending children back to the classroom. What was that Joe Biden commercial we just watched, right? Remember, kids... Not being in the classroom is a broken Trump promise. So they want the kids, they don't want the kids to return to school. They actively say, no, no, we can't send the kids back. It's too dangerous. It's too risky. We need to shut it down, right?
7: Americans want great schools for their children. Several school districts have canceled classes for at least the rest of
3: the month. Right? Remember, this article is the 28th. This Joe Biden video came out today. A huge Democratic pioneer. Biden's set to emerge. While former Vice President Joe Biden hasn't been, as Trump suggests, hiding in his basement for the last few months, it's also true that he has kept a very conservative schedule during the Corona, the COVID-19 pandemic. Jesus Christ. The, the cover they run for these people is sickening. That is set to change in the coming days, according to the Biden campaign. So they're speaking to the Biden campaign. They know the angles the Biden campaign is going to take and they get ahead of the story. Have a look at this. Remember the poll numbers? So after the Democrat convention, uh, Donald Trump got closer to Joe Biden in their official poll numbers, right? Number two, did Trump get a convention bounce? Nothing about Biden's convention bounce or lack thereof. Biden actually dipped after the convention. But we need to get ahead of the story. Don't No, don't worry about uh, Biden's polling after the convention. Let's talk about how Trump's post-convention bounce wasn't as big as we thought it would be, right? Right. Republicans are working hard to make the case that the president received a major polling boost from his four-day convention last week, pulling himself much closer to Biden. Trump's tweets aside, there's not a ton of evidence out there of a major Trump surge. (laughs) We all watched. We all watched the gap that was like at 11 points or 12 points evaporate to zero during the Democrat convention. And so then... Now that they're neck and neck, then the Republican convention happened and we say, well, there wasn't a huge bounce because, right, the the bounce actually happened before that, but you get in front of the story. Look at this one. Protests versus riots. Remember, this is the 28th of August. To hear Trump and his allies tell it, the situation's unfolding in Portland, Oregon, and Kenosha, Wisconsin, in response to several high-profile shootings of the police by the police of black men is rioting plain and simple trump's efforts to label what is happening in major cities as riots speaks at least somewhat to his desperation politically speaking at the moment just let that sink let, let that sink in still a, still a line for pj dubs let that sink in <laughs> that line again Trump's efforts to label what is happening in major cities as riots like it's some kind of far off out there idea speaks at least somewhat to his desperation politically speaking at the moment. He's so desperate to win the election that he will call a protest a riot. Quote, peaceful protests dominated the news. Race relations jumped in importance in the voters' minds and support for the Black Lives Matter movement rose to a majority. It didn't, actually. It actually went down. We covered it on this show. Remember, less people are now supportive of Black Lives Matter than they were before. Perhaps in large part because of the riots. No, no, there are no riots. It's peaceful protests. If you call it a riot, it's because you're desperate. You must be desperate to make a jump in the polls. So they got ahead of the curve, right? Now, look at this. Three days later, three days later from that article, Biden condemns Kenosha violence and rebuts Trump's law and order message. Have a look at this. Play the stupid video, CNBC. Play it. Play it. Play it now. Play it now, play it now, my baby, Biden, Democrats, and violence. Want to hear you say that it's all right, because we got all night to set the town alight. It doesn't look like it's going to play Come on, Joe Biden, play it now. It's not a riot, it's a protest. (laughs) Mother of fuck. Okay, it's not going to play. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being reliable, Mr. Internet. Anyway, we all saw the video, Joe Biden coming out saying, rioting is not protesting, looting is not protesting, right? So... Again, add that into the mix of what I'm about to show you here. CNBC. Also add into the mix the conversation about coronavirus stopping usual votes from taking place, right? This is from the 14th of August, this particular article. So I've just given you a couple of, of, of examples of getting ahead of the story, right? To try and steer it in the direction you want which then results in the Joe Biden campaign putting out a video saying it's all Donald Trump's fault, right? They were forecasting that angle, even though it's a ridiculous angle to take. If you know where to look and if you know how to read the subtext of the corporate press, you'll know what angle the politicians are going to take before they take it, because they make it plainly obvious, you know, if you read between the lines. So, There's been this big discussion about mail-in ballots and this big fight on Capitol Hill about mail-in ballots and whether it promotes fraud or not or whether people are being denied their rights, etc., etc., etc. Then you start to see all of these articles just start simmering up to the surface like fat in a slow-cooked soup. Election officials warn it could take weeks to determine results in November. They're preparing you for this. While President Donald Trump continues to drive unsubstantiated claims that mail-in ballots this year will lead to voter fraud, again, it's not unsubstantiated, Uh, we know that in cases of voter fraud, the most likely and prevalent case of voter fraud is mail-in ballots. But if you say that obvious reality, if you quote the Electoral Commission findings, of cases of voter fraud in the last 20 years, the majority of which came from mail-in ballots, they will now call you to your face a conspiracy theorist when you are quoting the Electoral Commission. I have had this happen to me personally. I will send data to people. It says, look, if you take all of these infractions uh, of voter fraud, the overwhelming majority of them, are mail-in ballots like that's the easiest way to commit voter fraud it's it's there the numbers are there now it stands to reason that if you increase the number of mail-in ballots you will increase the likelihood that fraud will take place because fraud most likely takes place with mail-in ballots it's very sound logic You will say this to people and they will look you straight in the face and say there is no evidence for it. You're a conspiracy theorist. So getting ahead of the story. Listen to this. What's typically regarded as an election night could drag on for a week or longer as the coronavirus pandemic changes voting habits and as problems at the US Postal Service slow mail-in ballot delivery experts warn. Can you just imagine? Now, you've remember, you've also had the stories, haven't you, of if Donald Trump loses, there's going to be pandemonium and violence, right? You've had the stories. If Donald Trump wins, there's going to be pandemonium and violence, depending what side of the aisle you're from. Just imagine if on election night, it appears as though Trump is the winner. And then a week later, two weeks later, we keep finding more mail-in ballots. Oh, no, we've still got mail-ins to count. We've got so many more mail-in ballots to count now. Oh, no, another 10,000, another 20,000, another 50,000 just rolled in. We've got to count them, right? And just imagine if two weeks after the election, they turn around and say, well, actually, now Joe Biden is the winner due to mail-in ballots. For the last six months, you've been prepped that your voting habits need to change because coronavirus is too dangerous, and you've been told that uh, mail-in ballots, there is no possible way that any kind of fraud can occur with mail-in ballots because you're a conspiracy theorist. You've also been told that you will not accept the election result because Donald Trump will refuse to accept the election result and that's wrong, right? <clears throat> Donald Trump will stay in office. He'll have the military. He will take over the country like a dictator. These are, you've been prepped for this. So that's like bashing you over the head. With the hypothetical in order to you in order to get you to accept your fate when it goes down. Predictive behavioral programming. While President Trump continue, <clears throat> continues to drive unsubstantiated claims that increased vote by mail efforts will lead to voter fraud. Uh, unsubstantiated the balls of these people. Election officials warn of another far likelier threat, delayed results. What's typically regarded as election night could drag on for a week or longer as the coronavirus pandemic changes voting habits and as a crisis at the U.S. Postal Service threatens to disrupt mail-in ballot delivery, ladies and gentlemen. So who has created the crisis at the Postal Service? Where did that just spring from? Because it felt like, you know, as an avid watcher of international news like I am, it felt like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the U.S. Postal Service need to be, needed to be rescued. It needed billions of dollars. And it needed so much money that it was going to be near impossible for somebody else to support it, right? Like, they made the deal impossible to go along with. Like, it was, we need billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars from you, Mr. President, for the post office, and we need a trillion here, and we need this, and we need this, and we need this. And we need this. And a bunch of people were saying, well, we can't support this. This is way too ridiculous. This is this is a bill... See, something that people need to understand, when a vote goes to the floor, they already know what the result is before people vote. Now, sometimes you put a vote to the floor to win. Like, they have people that count the numbers before a vote goes to the floor, right? Sometimes you put a vote for the floor to win. Sometimes you put a vote to the floor specifically to lose sometimes you will send a vote sometimes you will send a bill to the senate because you want it to lose because then you can create a narrative out of that oh the evil senators refuse to save the post office right knowing it will lose because any normal person would say well why would we send a bill there if we know it's going to lose well you can't make any political mileage out of that so you send the bill there knowing that it's going to lose so you can paint the person who's stopping it as, you know, something else of your of your making. And it felt like the whole Postal Service thing just popped up out of nowhere, didn't it? We're all going to need to take a deep breath and be patient this year because, you know, there's a substantial chance we are not going to know on election night what the results are, possibly for the presidency. But maybe for many other races that are important to people, and that's okay, Federal Federal Electoral Commission, uh, Commissioner Ellen Weintraub, this page is giving me terrible stress. Uh, it takes a little longer to count the votes, right? So let's go to this little clip here I've got for you, which isn't loading. For some reason, my internet is spurging out on me. I don't know why. This is this is most convenient. Thank you so much. Thank you, internet. Thank you so much. I've lost, um, but with the audio's back on the podcast. Yep, this is not loading for some reason. Hang on, let me get out of this. Close that. know are we back or what are we back hit refresh maybe got all sorts of problems going on here if you hit refresh I think we're back. I'll just give everyone a couple of minutes to come back. Uh, some crazy things happening on this end. Thank you for the diamond. I can't see who I can't see who donated it. Uh, I'm not able to record the audio. Holy shit! Very strange things taking place. Well, just have to do our best. Um, so I'll I'll continue on here. But wow, that's that's a mind fuck. I'll have to get the audio later on from the video or something. I don't, I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, I just lost all my screens. <clears throat> OBS, uh, my OBS just like dipped out. Just shut itself down. All of my web pages like shut down everything. So uh, I'm not recording the straight audio. Now, after that, for some reason, like, so my audio recording software is just not working. It's just frozen. So, I don't know. Um, hopefully, I'm getting the video and I'll just have to, like, use the video audio, which is never as good. I don't like doing that. I'd rather co- record the raw audio, but <clears throat> hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. All right. So, where were we? So, okay. So, we're being told that, um, I'm trying it back on track here. We're being told that you need to prepare yourself. So, it seemed like the post office problem just sprung up out of nowhere, right? And then all of a sudden it needs all this money and demands were being made that were very difficult to meet. You're being told that voting is going to change. there's going to be more mail-in ballots. You're also being told that it's silly to suggest that there's going to be voter fraud from mail-in ballots. That's never, ever happened before. You're some kind of conspiracy theorist. And you're being told to get used to the idea that election night could take weeks to decide. So don't even worry about what happens on election night, okay? Don't even don't even concern yourself about that. Have a look at this from August 15th. So this is a day after that article we just read on CNN. Beware of
1: the blue shift. I'm Michael Smirkanish in Philadelphia. We're 80 days now removed from the final day of voting, and it's entirely possible that we're headed for a major dispute over the outcome even without foreign interference, or fraud
6: <laughs> right
3: there is no foreign interference and there is no fraud but there could be a major dispute get ready look at it the blue shift ladies and gentlemen not the blue wave the blue shift here's how it could
1: happen say it's election night 2020 the presidential race all coming down to who wins Pennsylvania in order to win the electoral college. Now, remember, President Trump beat Hillary Clinton in the state in 2016 by only 44,292 votes, less than three quarters of a percent. That's the narrowest margin in 176 years. So let's imagine that on election night, it's even closer that he's winning, say, by 20,000 votes. The Associated Press, the cable networks like ours have not yet declared a winner because they've learned the hard way how numbers can shift before the final official certification.
3: Oh yeah, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this, ladies and gentlemen? Like I said, I've handpicked like maybe four or five examples here of this getting-ahead-of-the-story programming. that hey, 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 no, 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 don't... Election meddling, yep, yep, fine. But there's going to be more mail-in ballots. But, hey, there's no fraud with mail-in ballots. That would be silly to suggest. But the results on election night, we're not going to declare a winner. Remember, also, there's not going to be, like, the big celebrations. that They've already programmed that into us. Don't expect, like, the room with the fucking balloons and the fireworks and shit when somebody wins no 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 the election will be decided you've already been told this the winner of the uh, of the election will make a speech in front of a room of maybe half a dozen journalists or they might even just put out a press release because hey coronavirus we can't have everybody in the same room at the same time right so that's already been baked into the equation
1: of the election results. They remember all too well the nightmare in the year 2000 Florida. when Al Gore was declared the victor and then Florida's results changed and he lost. So in our scenario but-
3: which is a beautiful example for them to use because they'll say well hey it happened to a democrat before why wouldn't it happen to a republican now huh right. Get used to it it's happened to us before republicans right.
1: Both candidates end the night without claiming victory or conceding defeat. Now imagine that as the returns continue to be tallied, that 20,000 vote lead begins slipping away. (laughs) It could well happen due to the phenomenon
3: known as the... Remember it happened in Arizona as well? Just recently, remember the Republican um, Senate candidate, I forget her name, and she was in front, they thought she won, and then... Over the next week or so, Kirsten Sinema ended up winning. Remember that? We've been down this road before. We have seen little micro examples of this already.
1: Blue shift. The fact that since 2000 votes counted after election day have predominantly skewed Democratic.
3: Votes counted after election day have predominantly skewed Democratic. It's just the way it is. You know, it makes sense because statistically more Democrats vote after election day Ring than they the do on election day. the bell and get your cheese, man. <laughs> Thank you for the sub, whoever it was. I've lost all of my feed, so I don't know who's donating what. I apologize for that. It's nothing I can, it's out of my control. So there's another little baked in concept for you.
1: For example, that 44,000 vote win that Trump eked out in Pennsylvania in 2016, when the first results were tabulated, it had been nearly 68,000. So by the end, Hillary Clinton gained over 23,000
3: votes. And that over 35% of votes shifts in the counts after election night toward Democrat. Now, if it's a if it's a knife edge race, if it's a knife edge state. Remember, polling places are going to be closed down. They're encouraging people do mail in voting, mail in voting. Oh, Donald Trump hates the post office. It's all a conspiracy theory. We're not going to have election uh, polling places open because coronavirus. By the way, get used to the idea that the result will be discussed weeks after the election and not on the night. It's good, isn't it? That wasn't a fluke. In the three previous
1: presidential elections in Pennsylvania, each Democratic candidate also gained over. 22,000 votes between election night and the final certified result.
3: So this has always happened, guys. There's nothing nothing, uh, crazy going on here. There's no conspiracy here. This is just part of life. It's just the way it's going to be. Right. Get used to the idea. See what's happening? So back to
1: our hypothetical, what might the president uh-huh. do if his go. margin Here of victory keeps dropping? Well, look at the 2018 Senate race in Arizona. On election night, Republican Martha McSally was ahead by 15,000 plus votes. But Democrat Kristen Cinema came from behind bigly, picking up more than 71,000 votes to win by nearly 56,000.
3: On election night, you're ahead by 15,000. You end up losing by 60,000.
1: The president got involved. He noted this and tweeted the claim of electoral corruption and called for a new election. Then there's Florida in 2018, where Republicans Ron DeSantis and Rick Scott won the governor and Senate races, respectively. But after election day, their leads began to dwindle. And the president again tweeted, quote, the Florida election should be called in favor of Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis in that large numbers of new ballots showed up out of nowhere and many ballots are missing or forged.
3: <laughs> a crazy conspiracy theorist. Crazy conspiracy theories, ladies and gentlemen. Have a look at this guest.
1: Edward Foley is a constitutional scholar and professor at the Moritz College of Law at Ohio State University, where he directs the election law program. Professor, uh, how plausible the scenario that you've outlined?
6: Unfortunately, very realistic and good morning. Good to be with you. You say that why? Well, this is a phenomenon that occurred before the COVID virus but it's been accentuated by developments since then. I wrote the piece last year because of observing what happened in 2018, like you talked about, but I first noticed this back in 2012. So it is a new phenomenon in the last two decades, since 2000, and when I first noticed it, uh, it wasn't understood then, but I tried to publish my piece in, in 2013 to uh, bring to light this phenomenon because it is new. It's the product of changes that have taken place with good intentions, but an unintended consequence of election reforms. Is it
1: indicative, this is the key question, is it indicative of malfeasance?
6: No, not. (laughs) (laughs) Course not, don't be silly. Not at all. Not it's at all. It's the new normal. It's,
3: it's the new normal. Yes. It's the new normal, ladies and gentlemen. Literally,
6: it's the new normal. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Good intentions, but an unintended consequence the of new election reforms.
1: Is it indicative? This is the key question. Is it indicative of malfeasance?
6: No, not at all. It's the new normal. It's uh, provisional ballots, which was a reform Congress adopted in 2002 in the Help America Vote Act. It's the increased reliance on no excuse absentee voting, which has occurred in the last two decades, even before the pandemic. So there've been these other changes in our election system since those hanging chads of 2000.
3: See the cleverness of the question, the cleverness of the framing here. These it's it's easy to spot what they're doing when you know what they're doing, but to the average person, they don't really spot this. So the framing of the question, right, was is the is the increase in after election night mail in ballots indicative of malfeasance? That's the wrong question to ask, and he knows it's the wrong question to ask, right? So is it indicative of malfeasance? No, it's not. No, of course it's not. But is the increase in mail-in ballots, is the increase in mail-in ballots a potential for increased malfeasance? The answer is yes. See, an increase in mail-in ballots isn't necessarily indicative of voter fraud, but more voter fraud occurs when there is more mail-in ballots. Do you see how they frame that, to get around that? Inconvenient reality. We know more mail in ballot, uh, more voter fraud occurs with mail in ballots because the fucking Electoral Commission says so. So you don't ask that question. Instead, you ask, well, if there's more mail in ballots, does that mean it's all a fraud? See, it gets dumbed down in order to frame it a certain way. It's called getting ahead of the story, directing the story in the direction you want it to go. So when you try to have a, a discussion with somebody, and say, well, more mail-in ballots will inevitably inevitably lead to more fraud because the most common way of committing electoral fraud is through mail-in ba- ballots. And people will say, no, just because there's mail-in ballots doesn't mean it's all rigged, right? It's dumbing down the argument and it's directing it in a certain way so you get you get stuck on these little fucking rabbit hole dead-end conversations which aren't actually the issue at hand. That's not the right question. It's not the actual problem but that's the way we like to frame it. Have a look at this. Getting ahead of the story. Dem Group warns of apparent Trump election day landslide. A top grammar Democratic data and analytics firm told Axios on HBO it is highly likely that President Trump will appear to have won. Potentially in a landslide on election night, even if he ultimately loses when the votes are counted just let it settle in with you have a look at what's happening here it will look like Donald Trump won by a landslide but he didn't your eyes will deceive you on election night you will think that Donald Trump is the president but he won't be no. What's going to happen is Donald Trump will look, it'll appear as though he won on election night, but actually he lost. We just haven't counted the mail-in ballots yet. <laughs> you see what's happening here? Do you see whats what you're being prepared for? Way more Democrats will vote by mail than Republicans due to fears of coronavirus, and it will take days, if not weeks, to tally these. This means Trump, thanks to Republicans doing almost all of their voting in person, could hold a big electoral college and popular vote lead on election night. Quote, We are sounding an alarm and saying that it's a very real possibility that the data is going to show on election night an incredible victory for Donald Trump. When every legitimate vote is tallied, we get to that final day, which will be some day after the election. So they're already preparing you. Ignore the election night results. Right, that is that is the uniform message in all of these reports I'm showing you. When you drill down into the subtext, when you when you break away like the rhetoric and stuff, when you break away uh, the semantics of each individual little conversation, <clears throat> the message that's being drilled deep into the back of your brain is: ignore election night, ignore the election night results, forget about the election night results. It's not real. The results you see on election night do not matter. That's what you're being trained to do right now. When every legitimate vote is tallied and we get to that final day, which will be someday after election day, it will in fact show that what happened on election night was exactly that, a mirage. That's literally this guy's words. Election night will be a mirage, ladies and gentlemen. Direct quote. Mendelssohn said quote it looked like Donald Trump was in the lead and he fundamentally uh, was in the lead and he fundamentally was not when every ballot was counted election night is a mirage Donald Trump will not win you're already being told you're being told what will happen Once 75% <clears throat> pardon me, of male ballots were counted, perhaps four days later, the lead could flip to Biden's favor. This particular modeling scenario portrays Biden as ultimately winning a massive victory, 334 to 204. So you are being told on election night, Donald Trump, it will appear as though Donald Trump has won by a landslide. But two weeks later, Biden will win by a landslide. Ladies and gentlemen, head of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg.
8: One of the things that I think we and, and um, other media need to start doing is preparing um, the American people that um, there's nothing illegitimate about this election taking additional days or even weeks um, to make sure that all the votes are counted. In fact,
3: I've just realized that fucking shit is not coming up on the screen. Oh, we're having a terrible time tonight with this stuff. Let me just fix this for you. I'll see if I can fix this up again. Ugh. See, when everything shut down, I lost all of the settings I had. There you go. There we go. All right, so you didn't see the article that I had up on the screen previously, I just noticed. So apologies for that. There you go. Dem group warns of apparent Trump election day landslide. Right? So let's have a listen now. Mark Zuckerberg, ladies and gentlemen.
8: One of the things that I think we... And and um, other media need to start doing is preparing um, the American people that um, there's nothing illegitimate about this election taking additional days or even weeks um, to make sure that all of the votes are counted. In fact,
3: so if you wanna if you wanna dismiss what I'm saying, which is fair enough, you've got every right to do so. When I say the media is preparing people to accept the fact that election night is not real and that the real election will be decided weeks later, when I give you examples of the media doing this, when I show you the articles where they say, hey, forget about election night, it's a mirage, when I show you the CNN clips of them saying, hey, there's this thing that happens all the time called the blue shift, it happens in every election, where heaps of Democrat votes come in after election night. When we talk about the, you know, the the problem with the post office and how it just kind of sprung up out of nowhere. And all of a sudden the post office needed billions and billions and billions of dollars right now. And you had to approve this unapprovable deal right now. Otherwise, you're trying to steal the election. When you point out to people that mail-in ballots are the most common form of voter fraud, they ergo. Logically, if you have more mail-in ballots, you will have more cases of voter fraud, and you're being told that you're a conspiracy theorist for saying this. So you don't have to take this presentation that I'm giving you. You don't have to give it any consideration whatsoever. You can just call me a Trump maggotard or something, or an idiot foreigner, or a conspiracy theorist, and everything you're saying is wrong because I say so. Fine, whatever. So if you don't listen, if you don't want to listen to me, then listen to Mark Zuckerberg instead.
8: One of the things that I think we and and um other media need to start doing is preparing
3: uh notice that's a tell too. notice how he says we and other media so now facebook is media
8: one of the things that i think we and and um other media need to start doing is preparing um the american people that um there's nothing illegitimate about this election taking additional days or even weeks um to make sure that all the votes are counted in fact
3: Predictive behavioural programming. You will accept on election night, ladies and gentlemen, that what you see is not real. And like I said, I've I've just chosen like five examples. I could have brought 50 examples, but I just chose five that I think summed it up most, you know, acutely. But I could have brought, we could have done four hours on this and I could have shown you example after example after example after example, but at that point it's overkill. So you're being told election night isn't real. Forget about it. You're also being told that there's going to be more mail in ballots because of coronavirus. You're also being told that because there's more mail in ballots, that doesn't mean that there's going to be more voter fraud even though most voter fraud occurs with mail-in ballots. You're being told that every single election, votes after election night swing to the Democrat Party. And this is going to be no different. You're being told that it will, you're even being told, they're even going so far as to say Donald Trump will win a landslide on election night. But then two weeks later, two weeks later, Biden will be announced the president. There's not going to be any rallies. You were told by Michael McCornish on CNN that on election night, we're not even going to announce a winner, regardless of what the result is, remember? He said, we will not announce a winner because we need to wait for the mail-in ballots, which is different to every other election they have ever covered, when sometimes they will announce a winner with 1% of the vote counted. 1%. But not this time. No, not this time. We're not going to declare a winner at all. Because we're confident. We know that after election night, the real results will take place. So get it into your heads. And then the guy who runs arguably the largest social media platform on planet Earth renowned for eliminating people for things like election meddling, is now telling you this.
8: One of the things that I think we and and, um, other media need to start doing is preparing um, the American people that um, there's nothing illegitimate about this election taking additional days or even weeks um, to make sure that all the votes are counted.
3: He literally said preparing people. We need to prepare people to accept that there's nothing illegitimate about the election being decided two weeks later. Not explain to people, not educate people, not describe to people. No, no, no. Prepare you. Predictive behavioural programming. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So with that, the horror show that was tonight's program uh, tech-wise on my end, apologies again... Um, I'll do my best to cobble together the podcast. It's probably going to be out a little late, though. It might not be out till tomorrow until I figure a way because I wasn't able to record half of it because of the computer shutting down and the internet taking a big dump on the show. All of that stuff. So apologies for all that. And apologies that I couldn't see your donations. But thank you to everybody who who gave a tip for tonight's proceedings. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you. Thank you for the subscription, whoever did that. Uh, I'll be back on Friday night with another edition of the Daily Boogie. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter, patreon.com, please subscribe to the podcast and hit that subscribe button. Uh, don't forget to follow all of our friends and I'll be back on Friday night. I'll probably It'll probably be six o'clock on Friday night. I'm pretty sure, 6 p.m. on a Friday night, back to usual time. So thank you so much for joining us. Until then, guys, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.